0: 11 O'Clock Comics, Episode 74.
1: <laughs> We've
2: got to get into the right state of mind here.
3: Okay. The show's only two hours, dude. I Cracked up, I cracked up <laughs> oh, yeah. that. of oh, yeah. the day. Uh, 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 oh, oh, did anybody oh, see oh, oh, the pick brand reposted JPEG of they had they had a picture of Patrick Swayze and then you see Kanye's head and it's just says, yo, yo Patrick, yo, I'll let you finish and all happy you, But I just gotta say Michael Jackson got like the best oh, 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 um, oh, you ever. I don't
4: like
0: that. Kanye should have been wearing a yellow hat at the, you know. Oh yes, a do- do- A you know, do- 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 as uh, Nacho would say, he's a real douche.
5: My lord, Carlos Lee is enormous.
4: Jesus! It's
0: well, right, right. now we now we can't cut it. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's it's eleven o'clock comics. I am Vince B.
2: Oh, I'm Christopher Naisman. And and I I was I was told by multiple sources that uh that I needed to return to rein you crazy bastards in
0: after oh, last boy. week. I could just imagine uh-huh. what those quote <laughs> sources word yeah <laughs> and, Sal. tom no no no,
3: no. <laughs> I'm, I'm david price
5: and of course as always i am basil rathbone
0: no you're not basil it'd be really cool if you were basil rathbone <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it though <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you are the lovable jason wood in the house and we're all here again i feel so secure this week
2: Big old comfy back. comic book blanket, is not it?
0: Yes. It, it's it was- great
5: that on the week that the Beatles are all are back in vogue, the the, the probably the ultimate pop quartet of all time, our quartet is back together.
0: Karma. That's right. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I I love the Beatles. Is it bad that I walk into Starbucks today and they're playing a Beatles song and I, I I just almost cringed. I'm just like, okay, too much. Yeah, too much. Yeah, but rock band, the the remasters, every everybody's doling out the Beatles love. I I love the Beatles. It's almost like when a big comic book movie comes out, like Iron Man, and everyone's like, oh, Iron Man's so cool. It's like, where were you 15 years ago, motherfucker? You know, it's, I'm uh, yeah. just like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, the Beatles were cool before this week. Come
0: on. Yeah, they were. Absolutely right. But you can never have enough Beatles love.
2: You really Yeah, I, I agree. Because all, all, all you need is love. And oh, I was boy.
0: tooling around the net, and CNN had a, one of those quick polls on their site, and the question was, are the Beatles. The best group ever. Didn't say pop. Didn't say rock. Sure. Just said are the Beatles the best group ever? And fifty-four yes. percent of the people said no. And I wanted a list of those people so I can personally go out and kill every one of them. <laughs> oh damn!
5: Well, that's interesting because I would figure if there was ever a time when you get the highest votes for yes, other than when they were popular to be, you know, back in the day, it would be
2: now. But yeah. I don't oh, know. and with that question, they are. It's yeah. not even close. Agree. Not even close. Welcome to Beatles, Beatles Talk, pop. everyone. It's right. I was close in a second, but.
0: Who's second?
2: Earth, Wind, and Fire. A close oh, second. Oh, I, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're yeah. early stuff. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, Wind, yeah. and Fire horns. Yeah, see, I, anything, I'm, I'm, with, anything with the horns is. See,
5: awesome. See now, yeah, now John can about talk about with... the
0: crazy talk now because yeah, I'm this is where we're going.
5: Well, I do love Earth, Wind, and Fire though, but but that being said, it's... yeah,
0: everybody knows it's Zappa. Okay, <laughs> let <laughs> let's do the drink rule call, Chris. Set it up. Do it.
2: Beer. I'm just drinking. I'm drinking beer because I needed a couple after today. But so it's yeah, I'm drinking the King. It's uh with a lime in oh. a bear's cup. All
0: right, all right.
2: Wow. It's Probably identical to what was in the red eye article. Probably that that picture right there. If you saw that picture, so Vince,
0: I am drinking the nectar of the gods straight from the cask of ancient winters. That's how good the stuff is. God, don't A- say pe- Pepsi Max. Yes, straight from Asgard itself. Pepsi Max.
3: Straight from the
5: car battery. Oh, this wood, stuff is great. Wood.
0: Thank you, Melkith.
5: Well, I'm on vacation, so. I am drinking a Chimay Ale. Ooh, the red or the blue? The blue.
2: Ah, nice, nice. Very nice. nice. Chimay's right. You know, um, whenever you get in tomorrow, I've decided that the the bar we're going to go to is a place called The Long Room, Mm -hmm. and we will drink many, many fine, amazing beers that range in alcohol level from probably 4 to 14%. Ooh, nice. I'm all sorts of giddy...
0: See, yeah, I like the yeah. Chamele Ale, but I thought it was kind of dopey when they split it into the red and blue aspects. Like Superman? Yes, that's where I was going with it. Yeah, so there you, you go. You picked it up, you run it. It's actually
5: brewed by uh, Trappist monks in Belgium.
0: No yes. kidding.
5: Yep,
2: mm-hmm. that's good stuff. Uh, Mr. Price.
3: Big Tattoo Red. It's a uh, oh. Cabernet Syrah, and it is for a good cause. The uh, The two brothers... Alex, a wine importer, and Eric, a tattoo artist, created Big Tattoo Red in honor of their mother, Liliana, who passed away from cancer in 2000. And it's got a nice little, um, pink, uh, ribbon on it. So, uh, proceeds towards the, uh, towards the wine go to, uh, cancer research. All right. Big Tattoo. Nice. Let's talk some
2: Comics. I didn't talk well, No, oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, no, no. Let's talk about where you should get your comics.
0: That's right. If Take care.
2: Chris, put the big shoes
0: on. As usual, this episode is sponsored by DCBS. That's Discount Comic Book Service. You can find them on the web at dcbservice.com. Do not pay retail for your comic books. Significant discounts. When I talk significant discounts, 35, 40, up to 75% off on certain books. Beautiful service. They are the best. And while you're at DCBS, be sure to check out Oceanverse, Mm -hmm. the submarine adventure webcomic by Michael Schwartz, who is Green Skeleton 2 on our forums. Updating every Monday and Thursday, Oceanverse chronicles the adventures of Clayton Hemmings and his spirited crew aboard the Red Herring. A submarine in search of the mysteries of the sea. This is where the DCBS angle comes in. Because this month, DCBS is offering Ocean Verse number two, which collects strips 49 to 96 of this wonderful webcomic for only $2.27. That's, that's 35% off. Also, in case you missed it the first time, Ocean Verse number one is being offered by the very same wonderful people for only $1.95. Look at that. Damn. You can't
3: afford not to get it.
0: No, OceanVerse T-shirts are also being it's sold. Just gonna
3: say the money you could save on the book, you can put towards a T-shirt.
0: Segway for only twelve seventy-five, which is twenty-five percent off. They come in sizes small do- to double XL. That's,
3: that's that's that's
0: big. Find out more at oceanverse.com, and uh, while you're at it, order a bunch of books from DCBS because hey, hey, because oh, the, the discounts ew. cannot be beat. I love them. And that's where I get my books and a lot of other people I know, and they're just super people. Wonderful.
6: Hey, fellas. It's Matt Herzberg. Bonus feed from the forums. Yeah, I was just going to call in and say I appreciate the recommendations on Brand New Day, New Ways to Die, Spider-Man 600. But instead, just had a lovely experience reading Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers to my niece, my six-year-old niece. So, thanks for the recommendations. <laughs> All right, guys, let's try this again. <laughs> now that I'm no longer uh, chasing after dogs and kids and soccer balls, um, Vincent David made some great recommendations over Twitter. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Brand New Day, New Ways to Die. Uh, issue 600. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I never really got into Spidey before. Uh, the character concept, it never did it for me. Uh, the villains always seemed a little too zany, a little too ridiculous. Um, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, the comparison in a past episode between, you know, Batman and Spider-Man, it got my interest. Um, so I don't know. You guys, uh, you guys sold me on the books. So, just wanted to say
4: thanks.
2: That was one beer bottle clinking into the other beer bottle. So, whenever I said beers, I mean beers. So That's sorry. cool.
0: Ding. I have much to talk about. Yes, much. you do. Yes. But to start it off, I want to do a fanzine flashback. Yes. Wow. Which in this case is not so much a fanzine flashback, but it's a letter column flashback. So I don't know what to call it. I have to find some well, if it is a fanzine, then it really kind of does. But it's it's not in a fanzine. It How is Have a letters page look back. Yes, looking back at the letter calls. There we <laughs> yes. go. This, oh god,
2: no, not another segment. <laughs> this
0: yeah, we have many. <laughs> We're like worms. This letter appeared in the second issue of Pacific Comics. Captain Victory and the Galactic Rangers. And if you don't know... Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't know who wrote and drew and commandeered this ship, then turn off your iPod and go run into the street. Of course, it's a Jack Kirby creation. It was published in January 1982. Dear David... And obviously, he's not talking about Mr. Price. Let me tell you that the day I picked up Captain Victory number one, I also acquired X-Men 151, X-Men Annual number 5 and New Teen Titans number 13. For a new title to be compared with these masterworks and still shine, it has to be a magnificent mag. Captain Victory is a magnificent mag. If your limited distribution doesn't kill it, it could become the number one comic in America. Okay, Captain Victory has unlimited potential, mostly thanks to the creativity of Jack Kirby. Outside of his New God saga, I have never enjoyed Kirby's writing, but Captain Victory is the comic that Kirby was born to write, and the art is out of sight. My only regret is that Captain Victory is a bi-monthly. How soon will that change? One question, will I be able to get Mike Grell's Star Slayer at the same places that I can get Captain Victory? Mm, Probably, With larger distribution and a wider line of comics, Pacific Comics can surpass Marvel and DC in the comic rat race and take its rightful place as the world's number one comic company. Good luck to you guys. Now, this gentleman subtitled his name X, the Living Unknown. The letter comes from Farmingville, New York. And do you know who wrote this?
3: Where would we know him from today? Oh, others.
0: it's a big name. Mr. Tom Brevort. Wow. Yes. But the name Wow. See, I don't know if this is a something that I can attribute to the editorial staff at Pacific Comics, because the name is spelled B R E V O U R T. And I did I did I did some searching on Tom Brevort and the man has not listed his uh, state of residence anywhere. So if Tom Brevoort in 1982 lived in New York, specifically Farmingville, then this is the man currently one of the big muckety-mucks at Marvel. So I I read this because not only is it kind of cute, but I'm very interested in in knowing that if this is our Tom Brevoort. So if anybody knows Tom or knows where he, he was born or grew up, if it is Farmingville, New York, let us know. Wouldn't that be cool? You
2: you, you should ask him on Twitter.
0: We could blackmail him with this letter. Yo, Pacific (laughs) Comics should be the number one comic publisher in America? Well, back then. Not even back then. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, okay, you have Kirby and Mike Grell, fantastic. And Starling with Dark Lawn. Yes, I mean, Kirby, the number one comic creator of all time, good. Three books does not make a number one publisher. (laughs) Even I can realize that in my bass awkward way of seeing things according to people on our forum and if you'd like to jump on our forum we have a lot of good discussion going on and a thread which features all our fanzine flashback covers that we've talked about on the show it's at dot com, or you can reach it the old-fashioned way at com. cool beans
5: very cool
0: yeah tom brevoort I, i'm bursting at the seams you really are. I'm jonesing. She's starting We'll
3: intersperse with, uh, with stuff from us. This way it's, it, you get a little bit of Vince
0: all broken up. Okay. I'm killing it at the flea market lately. Killing it. I'm finding shit I never expected to find at a flea market ever.
2: It's <laughs> the mental image of Vince at a flea market.
0: I, lo- I live for flea markets. Here's the deal. My wife and, and children, she says, okay, I'll see you. I'm going to church. I say, I'm going to church too. Because yep. I love the flea market. That is my place of worship. You want to know what I found this week? Of course. Now, keep in mind, all of these gems, $1 apiece. Mm-hmm. I found Samuel Delany's Empire, illustrated by Howard Chaykin. First printing, $1. buck. A black-and-white reprint of Steve Ditko's Gorgo. Remember, Steve Ditko illustrated the film adaptation of Gorgo way back in the day. But this is, is called Attack of the Mutant Monsters. Why, I don't know, from A-Plus Comics. And it's funny because every instance of the name Gorgo within the comic has been ungracefully whited out and changed to Kegor. (laughs) (laughs) That alone was worth the trip. I found a signed and numbered edition with a certificate of authenticity of Neil Adams' Valeria the She-Bat bonus book. No the, shit. Yes. This is the lead-in book to Death Watch 2000, which was never oh, offered okay. for sale, but it was given to the retailers for their support. Fantastic. Uh, number 350 of 700, autographed in gold Sharpie by Neil Adams. A dollar. Wow. Issues two and three of Doc Weird's Thrill Book, which was a uh, Greg Theekson project that reprinted... uh Just gobs of work by Wally Wood, Jack Cole, Joe Orlando, Dick Briefer. Nuts. A buck apiece. It's crazy. And I'll just go through them quick because I got the stack here. Sam Incredible Hulk, Crazy Man, the two issues of the century, three issues of the century that I passed up. What was it? Tim Vigil used to work for North Star Comics, was it, David? Uh, North Star, yeah. It's a book called Splatter. It's it's very adult. Yeah, Tim Vigil. Oh, okay. I know it's a surprise. Mr. Monster's High-Octane Oddities, number one.
3: Yeah. I've just been thinking about Michael Gilbert and Mr. Monster for for the longest lately.
0: Alfred Harvey Presents, The Man in Black, two issues of that from Recollections Comics. Silver Surfer, Dangerous Artifacts. This was one I passed up back in the day by Ron Mars and Claudio Castellini. Really? Yeah, it's a one-shot. I don't remember that. And all these are bagged and boarded. They're in gem mint condition. Basil Wolverton's Spacehawk, number four from Dark Horse. Brian Michael Bendis's, AKA Goldfish. Wow. A buck. Giant Size <laughs> Rune, BPRD The <laughs> Dead, the whole uh, miniseries for a buck apiece. This is crazy. Oh, nice. This is nuts. Zero Zero from Fantagraphics featuring Dave Cooper artwork. Nuts. Like I said, I'm saying, c- there's a guy who his wife. Read him the riot act and said, yo, you got too many comics. Get rid of some of them. And every week he's been bringing about nine or ten long boxes to the flea and selling everything you can get your hands on for a buck. Wow. That's amazing. I I got the first Uno Fanta, the, the hardcover Ashley Wood art book, a dollar, and it's in perfect condition. Damn. Hit those flea markets, people! I'm telling you. Now, see the same thing that happened with the uh, Powers definitive hardcover number one. There's probably going to be swarms of people at our flea market this week, so I should We're just ready, trim, right? trim trim this shit out, but I, I won't because I love hey, comics.
5: Speaking of art books, Vince,
0: <coughs> what'd you get?
5: I just placed my order the other day for Mr. James Jean's newest art book, Process Recess 3.0. No Pretty kidding giddy about that. What well, yeah. that set you it back?
2: Did, what, did you get the the poster? book that just came out of I, his I,
5: you mean the uh, the fables cover book or something else? no
2: no 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 no. there was a, a set of james Jean posters and then there was a really cool mini version of it that was uh james Jean uh postcards
5: yeah no i didn't get that um
2: are his, you but you were aware of it so. yeah
5: his his um on his site you know he's got all the stuff on there and mm-hmm. um and his first two sketchbooks or uh Process Recess and Process Recess 2 are uh, long since sold out, and they go for a freaking fortune on eBay. I mean, I'm talking many hundreds of dollars. So if really anyone out there has one and has, <laughs> has an extra cash, one <laughs> go ahead and yeah you can sell them. But um so there's actually it was a, a I signed up for 3.0 probably 6 months ago on his on his email list and got the email and went to buy it that night and I believe by the next day it was sold out. Woo. So good for the, him. Uh, the dude is uh yeah he he turns him out but uh, I was pretty psyched. Yeah, was he's he's
2: transcending the mm-hmm, comics mm-hmm. medium pretty cool pretty quickly. I, I think probably in the art community, he's, he's getting to you know Alex Ross level, and, yeah, and, yeah. probab- and probably from a commercial art standpoint, might zoom past that. He's awesome.
5: To answer your question, Vince, it was I think forty bucks, something like
0: that, thirty nine ninety five, maybe. Oh, super cheap. Yeah, well worth it.
5: Oh, uh, yeah. But well, you know, it's it's just you know, have a thing for him. It's just I figured like the first two from what I've seen of them on the web, it just looks amazing. So I figured this time I'd go ahead and grab it. <laughs>
7: hey 11 o'clock comics this is Devin rodriguez from new york city and i'm calling because the latest show episode 70 i kind of had some opinions on the this blackest night gimmick ring thing um i think it's a little unfair to criticize the 90s and kind of make fun of the covers the variant covers the trading cards when really in reality this blackest night thing it's just the same cover gimmick to sell comics it's You know, it it might be a little better done, but it still is the same thing. So that's just my opinion, maybe a little hypocritical. That's just that's just me. And also, I'll kind of argue that Deadpool is not the um, epitome of kind of everything wrong in the 90s, but more of a parody of it. I mean, of course, he was just a bad Rob Liefeld character when he started, but he kind of became something, making fun of everything that he came from, which I think is actually kind of a cool meta... Type of um, jab, if you will, at um you know just the, the era that he came from personally, but um that's not really what I'm calling for. I'm calling because I recently read the graphic novel adaptation, of Darwin Cooks the Hunter, and bef- I'm let me preface this, I-, I thought it was really good, but I think just it kind of lost what made the original novel special. The original novel was very minimalist; it was kind of straight to the point. It wasn't really didn't really have a lot of, it wasn't over the top by any means, which is normally the, tra- you know, crime. The crime genre has these cliches that are just weird and sometimes and just over the top and you kind of laugh at. And it was really, it didn't have a lot of that. And I think that the graphic novel adaptation of The Hunter was kind of fell into those trappings of crime fiction. At the same time, it's Darwin Cook. It's really good. So I recommend it, even though it wasn't as good as the original. And um, one last point, if you're going to say, if you talk about the god of uh, animation like Bruce Timm, I have to go with Heio Miyazaki. If you haven't seen his new film, Ponyo on the Cliff at Sea, it's probably the most beautiful film you're going to see all year. It's all hand-drawn, and it's just like, if you love art, it's an amazing film. It's probably not going to be in theaters long, so I would rush out to see it if it's still playing. And it's pretty awesome. And Heio Miyazaki also made my favorite movie of all time, um, Spirited Away. And um it's just personally one of my favorite movies of all time and I think it's real it's kinda like what the old school Disney films uh were for that generation of animation he's doing for this generation of animation and he's just fantastic. Also, Spirited Away has the voice of Devi Chase and she's pretty hot, let's admit it. Anyway, um Alec Berry is an evil supervillain from uh, from Mars. Um, I found out. I'm on to you, Alec. Anyway, that's my dry dead pen, Mark Kirby Crackle and um love the show and i'll probably call back to be an annoying asshole but anyway
8: good day
0: speaking of out of print i did not know that the first captain america brubaker omnibus is out of print oh yeah have you oh, seen what that thing goes for no oh, oh like one hundred I mean, sh- eighty-five, two hundred 200 yeah sure. It's I
5: just like got all the, the original uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the new X Men Omnibus. So I'm always dying to get a copy of that, but you have to pay 200 bucks these days for it. You mm. know,
2: I actually the uh, TFA had there. their had their uh, dent scratch sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got the no. uh, the three trades, right? The three hardcovers. No, so, no, no. I got the the original trades. uh The that's seven. what I mean.
5: Those three ultimate. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay.
2: No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I got the, I got the original tr- got uh, it, trade paperbacks. It. There was seven volumes. Seven, right? Yeah of, of all of the Morrison run. Uh, I, I, still need, uh, volume six, I think. I got, I got six of the seven for like six bucks a piece or something. Mm-hmm. So I've got almost the entire run. I'm going to try and actually at Windy City, I'm going to see if I can run it down this weekend. But, uh, I got through the first two volumes. So good. I mean, that and, and the Whedon Cassidy astonishing. Really fun X comics. So yeah, oh, yeah. I, I I hear that the Morrison run ends kind of in a very Morrison way. Whether you like that or you don't, uh, you know. However, but uh, no, the first the first two volumes of that are really good. I'm mean, I'm enjoying it a lot. The whole uh, Cassandra Nova um, mm-hmm. story
3: and the then, widescreen and, annual.
2: Oh, the widescreen annual was great. And then there's uh, probably my favorite one. It would I would imagine that it would be Vince's favorite. Is the Silent issue where they go inside. Uh, Xavier, uh, yeah, Xavier's mind.
0: That's a good issue. My oh, favorite,
2: amazing issue,
0: are the Igor Corday oh, illustrated issues. Of yeah, of course, there.
2: I can, I can see. That. Right. I, I just love the the morrison quietly team is is something pretty special, and yes, I, I just, I, I love those, love those two together. There was something else that you had mentioned. over... oh, oh! Not to pimp the show. Everyone knows it's this weekend. But Jason, something that you may want to check out. You being a Fables fan and Jack of Fables fan, right? Mm-hmm. I do believe that Tony Akins and Paul Mounts are doing a limited edition print for the show this year. Nice, um, very cool. So, yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't think it has "quote unquote" Fables characters on it. But if you're a fan of Tony's work, I I saw a prelim sketch of it. And I hope that they got them done in time. It looked gorgeous. Yeah. Since
0: yeah. since you're sliding into home base with this show, why don't you let people in on some of the guests that are going to be at this thing? You can't pimp okay. enough, especially this um, close to the show. I'll,
2: I'll forget people. But um, Tony Moore, Tony Akins, Norton, Seeley, Scotty Young, Jeff Darrow, uh, Sean McKeever, uh, our good buddy, uh, Will Pfeiffer. Gene Ha, uh, Jeffrey Brown, Jeff Lemire, uh, Nate Powell, Matt Kent, oh, uh, David Peterson, uh, Jeremy Bostain, this guy who we've talked about, Cursed Pirate Girl, uh, Katie oh, Cook, uh, Kevin Mellon, Dennis Hopeless, Don Kramer. It's, it's like 80 people. So I think that, that enough to, to meet those, it just, Those folks for, for 10 bucks, I think is incredibly worth it. And, you know, got our, our good friends, you know, Steve Bryant and Jim Nelson, Jim Heffron, Richard Sparkings. um, Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who, uh, Jason, just, just so you know, we're, we're picking Richard and Moritat up at the airport tomorrow morning. So,
0: (laughs) oh, Jesus, there's a Uh, lot of good eating on that menu. Lots of uh, Marino,
2: B.
4: Claymore. Robbie Rodriguez.
5: Yeah, nice. Chris Smith, who's, uh, who does the wasteland, which I really dig. Anthony Johnson's mm-hmm. wasteland. Andy Kuhn, right? Your
2: boy is your buddy. Yep. Andy Kuhn and Andy, Andy's band, uh, is going to be playing the after party. The Fuglies will be playing at, uh, John Barleycorn on Saturday night. If you're in the Chicago area and, uh, especially if you can't make it on Saturday, and I know some people have to work that kind of stuff, come to the pre-party at Challengers Friday night, starting at seven. There's gonna be a lot of creators are going to be there, including, uh, all the, the KC guys. You know, we talk about proof all the time. Alex Grecian will be there, uh, B. Claymore, Kevin Millen, Dennis Hopeless, um trying to think of any of the other uh, Kansas City guys, but uh uh that and a lot of the local area of Chicago folks are gonna be there. It's gonna be it's gonna be hoot. $10 go to WindyCityComicCon.com And everyone that's not going to be there or never had an intention of being there, it's the last time you have to hear about it.
3: <laughs> that well, is like, true. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll we hear about, hear about the We'll start hearing
2: about 2010 Windy City Comic Oh, fuck. I don't know. We'll see if I'm alive <laughs> on Sunday. First, First five I can't, wait, I can't wait to have you. I, yep. <laughs> I, oh, dude. DC sent us some sweet swag. If you are one of the first 500, and we had over 200 uh, pre-registered, so if you're one of the first 300 or so people at center, um, DC sent us a bunch of Black Lantern rings, uh DC buttons, flash buttons, Wonder Woman buttons, Blackest Night, full size blackest night posters, um Watchmen, the you know what the uh the what comes after Watchmen? Mm-hmm. They sent us Watchmen number ones, preacher number ones, uh Swamp Thing number ones, and a bunch of Wildstorm comics. We got temporary tattoos, we've got Zuda mini comics. That it's exists. it's ridiculous ridiculous what dc sent us i mean go crates of but stuff DC. from no, dc that's pretty cool they were awesome you, cool. you'll get to see it all wood because i'm sitting next to about about 60 boxes of stuff that you get to carry down my stairs because i strained my back this week so you
5: got to carry it all. <laughs> of course right.
3: you did how convenient yeah well <laughs>
2: as long as i'm one of the, uh, the
5: as long as i'm one of those 500 i'll carry the hell out of some bags
2: you'll be all right i just oh and we got your t-shirt ready for you too
3: Nice,
2: nice. I'll make sure I will put that right under the shirt I'm planning on wearing. Roll the
3: sleeves head. up.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because we've been talking about this and wonder what is it with you and t-shirts.
5: <laughs> I'm just not a generally a fan of 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 wearing like polo shirts or t-shirts, particularly adorned with uh, anything.
0: Anything other than a tuxedo. Well, I, I think the the word adorn pretty much paints <laughs> the picture. <laughs>
3: It's just I'm just being honest, it's not
5: if you want me to be comfortable in my element, you're not I'm not gonna be donning a Windy City t shirt. Oh like now he ruins
0: you. it with donning now. We'll <laughs> <an> asshole,
2: but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll respect uh, your wishes, but we will give you shit about it relentlessly. That's fine. That's fine. I'm gonna, that's look gonna pretty wear it
4: up. We're going to have a good
2: time. Hey, um, you um, Vince, you are talking BPRD. And, uh, yes. this is, uh, I'm, I'm almost for sure that, that no one here has read this yet. Um, but are you guys keeping up with The Wild Hunt, The Hellboy? Yes. Have you yes. read it? Well, it's I, I plan one. on reading it when it's, yeah, not, but, I yeah, I,
0: it. I usually wait till they're all in the can, read them all at once.
2: I will not spoil it, will not talk about it at length, but I will just say that if you're a Hellboy fan, make sure to pick up The Wild Hunt whenever it comes out, because there is a major revelation about Hellboy and his history.
0: No kidding, I that, heard that, that, yeah.
2: That floored me, it
5: was
4: oh, yeah, the so I well fans,
5: done.
8: Um,
4: don't spoil it.
5: Yeah, no, no, think. no. The, I'm just saying I, I heard them talking about it on their. Lecture. So, so,
2: so well done. It was one of the first Hellboy moments where I was like, oh shit, that's cool. So, the Hellboy Wild Hunt has been really well done. And, uh, and looking forward to I think they have, what, two more issues left?
0: It goes I mean, to eight.
2: Yeah, this was, was what, really? six of eight? Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, a pretty long Hellboy series. An eight, an eight oh, issue or. Okay.
0: Well, it's taken a long time to come out, but, yeah, it's going to be worth it. Uh, and, and back to all that DC swag, I can hear Tom Cater's in the back of my mind now. You know, Vince, all those characters that nobody knows who they are on that DC stuff?
2: Mm-hmm, Potster. Uh, you're, okay. you're, you're crazy. I got some fist-waving, screaming text messages and phone calls this week. and
0: uh. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody understands me. I'm, I'm I know misunderstood. No, I
2: know no one understands you. That's, that's part of the charm of it.
5: We all have our crosses to bear on the Internet, as as we've all discovered.
0: I know. <laughs> it's very true. So I have an observation about something that came out today.
5: Uh-huh. That's something that came out today?
0: Yes, came out today. Uh, Captain America Reborn, number three. Okay. Very nicely illustrated by Brian Hitch, but is it just me, or does anybody else here think that the art team on Reborn should have been flipped with the art team on the Marvels project. I think Epting would have been a much better fit. For oh, definitely.
5: Yeah, yes. I agree. Definitely. I I'm Trying sure to keep it all together. Yeah. I mean, is great. I'm not, I'm not,
2: uh, you know what? I'm I'm not getting, I kind of felt like my Captain America story was told, and I'm I'm sitting Reborn out. It's, really? Has it? Good? Is it yeah, yeah, I kind of felt very satisfied with Cap, and and it's not, uh-huh. it's I'm sure it's probably very good, but I don't know. It was this weird thing. It's like I like Bucky as Cap now, and I'm kind of wanting to stay. So, I'm, I'm. That's kind of where I'm gonna stop for a little while until maybe it's time to check it out again. I, I thought they I thought they could have gotten several more years of mileage out of that and I'm a little disappointed that, that he's coming back, I guess.
0: See I'm on the opposite side of that coin. I kind of petered out with the Bucky Captain America and I think Reborn's Pretty damn good.
2: Okay, well, I'll, yeah. I'll check it out. I'll check it out and trade. But uh, any indication of what they're going to do with with Bucky? Is he going to go back to being the Winter Soldier? Is he going to be the Captain America for the New Avengers West Coast or some bullshit <laughs> like
0: that? I don't know, David. No, Dave, David's the Why resident. Why are they going to? No,
3: they haven't said anything.
0: They haven't said anything to me? No, they. They. They're not.
3: Uh, <laughs> you weren't yeah. in the briefing. No, no, I'm sorry, I had to make that call. They. Uh, he was in the debriefing. It's only he's what the third issue. He still has
2: nightmares. Yeah. I don't think they'd kill Bucky. I think he's a pretty, no. a pretty interesting
3: character that's been yeah. faded back into the maybe he will be nomad. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, no, and they'll right. give him a little baby and everything. That'll
0: be awesome. Uh, yeah. See, yeah, exactly. That that word, the nomad, conjures up Pinch back the baby, oh, the baby so. going I won't into air. Yeah, let's well, go we'll into see. battle with a baby strapped to our back. Ooh, there's yeah. a big. Has that whole back
5: people which you love who the had a baby record. strapped to his chest for
3: a half a year. Different.
0: That baby was armored and protected. And
3: it depends on each issue. Exactly. Where Plus, with
0: cables, about. telekinesis, shit going on, he could deflect the bullets and the lasers, and that baby was safe. Nice. Well, there well, you, well, you so go. Check so it out,
2: buddy. Jeez, me. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: Did,
3: you,
2: did you all read um, Nomad? Speaking of that. Oh, the, the
3: original series? Book? The Hallbacker yeah. uh, Series? No,
2: I
5: didn't, I didn't buy it. I didn't order baby it. Baby
3: in the Sienza?
2: Uh, Sean McKeever.
5: The new one. Oh, that one. Oh,
2: yeah. The one that just came out. I really kind of liked it. It's, um, really? it, it has that great Sean McKeever Spider Man loves Mary Jane kind of feel to it. It's, hmm. uh, I mean, she's basically a female Spider Man. It's kind of like Spider Girl almost, but more in the Captain America, you know, family. Um, goes to high school, came here from an alternate reality where she was. Bucky for Cap and she's yeah like trapped here trying to figure out life and wants to become new Cap's sidekick and is is trying to track him down and and uh Natasha uh, Black Widow kind of tells her to not bother more or less and uh she's you know just a very you know stick to it teenager, and this is what she wants to do, and so you get a little bit of the high school life, you get a little bit of the crime fighting life. It's it's a really good Sean McKeever teenage superhero book, and at the end you get a nice little twist as to uh, as to why it's called Nomad, and uh, my interest was definitely peaked. Very good sneaky little book that they put out, and uh, it's good to see Sean back at Marvel. Not that I didn't like his DC work, I just think he. Fits the Marvel slate of characters a little bit better. Sometimes, could see him over at the House Ideas again.
0: Now, do you think this series is a red herring for current events in Captain America?
2: It's in continuity, right? But I, I don't know. It's in continuity, but I think it's kind of its own thing. I really, I get the feeling that 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 Marvel's making another push, and why Sean is on this because he handles a uh, teen books really really well and i think that they're looking for uh, another teen book and i don't think that she's going to end up being um bucky caps sidekick i think that she's going to be her own character out there um and it's going to be along the lines of a uh, gravity or uh who was the the spider gal rat aranya it kind of it runaways um you know pick you know any of the any of the teen superhero books that were coming out you know a few years ago and some of them you know are still coming out it definitely has that feel which which i kind of like that it's uh i don't mind sitting down and reading a nice teen drama and and it's got that it's got that you know kind of uh uh, Veronica, it feels very Mar- Veronica Mars, I guess. Neat. Nice little read. And that's yeah. not just because Sean is a guest at Windy City Comic Ah, <laughs> but I swear.
0: Okay. <laughs> I read a crossover this week, and you know how I feel about crossovers. But I don't want to get into it right now, later on.
3: Okay. David. Well, I read a couple of things, but one, well, two items, actually, in particular that I... Really enjoyed one, one more than the other. There is a comic book publisher, Robot Comics, and, uh, and they're a digital comics publisher. They make them for various handhelds, uh, the iPhone, uh, the Nintendo DS or DSi. Nice. Uh, the Android from Google and the Kindle. And they have some stories, some comics that are made specifically for the devices, which is one. That I read, uh, then they have others that they call they remix it. They were um, originally published in print or elsewhere and have been modified to fit. In, in my case, the iPhone screen, and uh, and 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 they break it down by you know who the who the creators are, how many screens are, um, how many swipes you're gonna have to take of the screen. It, it's in landscape and it it fits, and it's it's you can zoom in and like you always can do, but I I found that I didn't have to the way it was laid out worked like a charm. They have a lot of comics that are free in the app store. They have some that are maybe 99 cents. Um, so they they do a couple of things where they'll, they'll tease you with the first issue if it's a mini series and they'll, you know, 99 cents for the next issue or, or what have you. But um the two that I read, one is an adaptation of uh, Cory Doctorow's story when admins ruled the earth and, uh, this was originally published by IDW in uh Cory Doctorow's Futuristic Tales of the Here and Now. He wrote it. It's adapted by JC Vaughn, Daniel Warner is the artist, and um the remix credits go to uh Yale Duckwin and uh, Dave Baxter is the editor. It's basically a a, a future it, it's, a catas- it, it, yeah, it's a catastrophe. yeah, there's a catastrophe Bad stuff happens and uh the only people left are, uh, basically system administrators. And it's, it's, it's a funky story, but it's, the art I felt starts off really strong. The first, uh, I guess pages, uh, in air quotes, it, um, there's detail, the characters look good. And then as the stories goes on, the, uh, as, as, as all these geeks and nerds are like, you know, stuffed in the, in the server room so they can wait out the Armageddon, it, things get a little, a little loose not as cleanly rendered it's uh it starts to be more a little not 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 cartoony just um and i don't even i definitely don't want to say lazy it's just it's it's not as as tight as it started off that could be by design but it's a um i, I never read the story when it was originally published i thought this was you know for for a free basically one shot it was really cool there's there's no there's an interview with uh cory after you read the uh the comic and and um you know they ask well what what caused the the destruction what what was the reason why things were going haywire and uh and you you don't know you're not supposed to know that's not the hang up when if there are any survivors if something like this happens they're not going to really he feels they're not going to be so concerned about why it happened they're going to be digging out survivors and trying to figure out what to do now and so that that that's something that's just not even glossed over you look out the window you see buildings crumble and fires and everything and then uh and then they just have to pick up the pieces and and uh it it was a different take than than any zombie story or uh you know Night of the Comet or anything like that. It was uh it was pretty cool. The other one was uh The Eternal City number one. This is the first issue of a miniseries. This is gorgeous. It's a black and white story. Writer and artist is uh Sergio Let's see, I can't even read my own handwriting. Sergio um, Carrera, uh, again, Dave Baxter edited. This is only 75 screens. It's basically about an angel of death and uh, him talking to or meeting the people that uh, that he is um, basically taking. And it's uh, it takes place in uh, Buenos Aires, and it is so beautiful. They they even have um, after the the comic is over, they have uh, photos that the mm-hmm. creator took of uh, of the city and and how he and, and and nothing is he'll he'll take a picture and he's on a street corner he's taking a, a photo at, at at a different angle than he actually drew in the book so it's not even like he put the photo in photoshop and then rendered it to make it look like it's part of the comic book he still went and drew these the, the, the cities and the backgrounds and, and the subways and uh it's it's like i said it's it's gorgeous it looks great on the screen uh i am really Really thinking about uh, plunking down the buck to get the second issue, just is just to continue the story. It's uh, which I love being able to get my comics and and take them on the go, but um, I still love my physical copy. So it's it's as much as I'm a huge proponent for reading comics on my iPhone. They're, they're comics that uh, that are either free or that I have scanned in so I could take with me. So it's not real easy for me to go. Okay, boom! I'm gonna pay for the buck and uh, and get these. 75 screens or however many screens are in the, uh, when I don't have an actual physical copy to hold in my hand. But this was, this was gorgeous. Uh, will um, when this episode thread goes live, I'll put up links to, uh, robotcomics.net for, for these two stories in particular. So you can even see the, uh, the preview screens for, for the art. It's, man, it's, it's gorgeous.
5: Who would you compare the art to, David, for us to picture in our minds?
3: I am looking at, um, Eternal City. It's, uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, Dennis Calero. Who did X Factor and uh, and the noir covers and things like that? That the way the black looks, that that's definitely it's kind of got a, it. It really has a noir feel to it, but it's um yeah, I can't. I it, it definitely recommend it.
0: Corey so. Doctorow is a really sharp cat. Yes, he is. Um, Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom. Have you read that?
3: I have not. I keep meaning to. It's on my oh. wish list. I haven't read it yet.
0: Visionary. It's a really important science fiction book, and uh, Corey's a, a huge—and you used the word before—proponent of the uh, Creative Commons.
3: Yes, yes, and that's yes, exactly—and yes. mm-hmm. and that's uh, this. Um, the license is Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 3.0 United States. So yeah, he's all about yeah. that.
0: Boing Boing is one of those sites that I hit every day. Multiple times a day, really. Absolutely. Corey's the man. I'm going to check those out. They sound very uh, interesting.
9: Hello, 11 o'clock comics. Uh, My name is Joe. I'm uh, actually a longtime listener. I'm not on the forums, although I have uh, recently joined the Around Comics reboot of their forums and I do appreciate the show. I just normally don't have a whole lot of time to be on the computer uh, doing stuff like that. I do have a couple of comments here from the last couple of episodes. Yes, my dog's decided to make noise here. Um, As to the reference by Frank Miller of the word cartoonist, as an extreme complement of what I always called comic book artists' talents. It goes back to the old days, back when comic book artists wanted to be cartoon strip writers, drawers. In the newspapers, that was the height, especially, you know, of course, the height of respect was the political cartoonist. And so cartoonist has a, I don't know, what you want to call it, a cachet uh, respect um, to where comic book artists were supposedly, and I guess for the most part were, kind of looked down upon, oh, you draw comic books for kids. But cartoonist was the title of respect, and that's why I think especially someone like Frank Miller, who, if you've read his stuff, and you know his love for Will Eisner and the old stuff, uh, that's why it's such a compliment from him, because that quotation means a lot to him. Uh, the other thing was, when you were reading from uh, Amazing Heroes about the problem with the... some of the creators had with the ratings issue, If you again, going to Frank Miller... If you uh, have the Sin City and Issues, a different series, uh, you'll find in the back of those several, and I mean several, articles where um, Frank Miller was involved in against censorship, which is what he, con- he considered it, and against ratings, um, basically because at the time, you know, there were some People getting arrested, comic book shop owners getting arrested for having pornography. And if it had a mature title on it or an adult title or whatever, uh, his point was it told the cops exactly or wherever to go to pull something and then they would arrest it, which is why the comic book legal defense fund was born and was big in that time, because there were comic book shop owners getting arrested and there were being prosecuted for selling pornography, and it puts some of them out of business, and he considered this a severe problem of First Amendment rights, uh, being freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and that sort of thing. So that's where some of that all comes from. Um, I don't know anything else. I do enjoy the show. I want you guys to keep it up. Don't stop. Don't slow down. And uh, you can make them as long as you want, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I'm a long time comic book reader, uh, growing up actually in the 60's, I'm 50 years old now, and uh, we've come a long way from getting 25 cent, 100 page giants of Batman and Zebra and Rainbow costumes. Where we are now, and I consider it a a vast improvement in some ways. Thanks a whole lot. Y'all keep up the good work. Bye.
0: While you're on the subject of digital comics, Top Cow's The Surrogates is now available on the iPhone, and you know. Is it really? Really? Yes. Yes. And that's going to be coming out, I think, the 25th and. The weeks leading up to the release of the film, Top Cow is offering a redonkulous sale. I think it's it's what fifty five graphic novels for three dollars and a bunch of other stuff are discounted. Did I say Top Cow? You did. Always do that. Top shelf. (laughs) You can get some. You can get Jeffrey Brown's Sulk number one and two for three bucks. There's a significant a significant discount. On Jeff Lemire's uh, Essex County collections, really good discount. So the check out Top Cow. is twenty bucks off. It's 45 top shelf. I did it again. I did it again. Yeah. It's so close. <laughs> I'm sorry. And there couldn't be two publishers different than Top <laughs> yeah, top, top right. com and Top Shelf. So yeah, Top Shelf massive sale. Check them out. Definitely.
2: Yeah. And, and you can also come this Saturday to Winnie City Comic Con. Top Shelf is one of our cornerstone publishers. Sorry, WinnieCityComicCon dot right. com. <laughs> Chris
5: Jeffrey Tarlick, Brown's going to be, be, be there, there,
2: too, right, Chris? <laughs> Do what? Jeffrey Brown's going to be there, right? Oh, of course.
5: Yeah. Oh, my
0: bad. Of
2: course.
5: Uh,
0: La, da, da. No, how, <laughs>
2: how, could you, how could Jeff not be there? Jeff, Jeff be there. Of course know. Jeff will be there. Of course he'll be there. Yeah, Je- Jeffrey Brown, Jeff Lemire, Nate Powell. Who else is yeah. there from, uh, from Top Shelf?
0: What did uh, I say Matt, Matt about Ken. too much pimping? Did, did I say <laughs> yeah. uh,
5: Pimpin' ain't easy, as they uh, say. snapping
0: it. <laughs> I read a crossover. And I usually really dislike crossovers. Now, why is that? Because I, it preys upon our nature as comic book collectors. Completists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that <laughs> completists, that we must experience every facet of this story. I don't like it in myself, and I find it very hard to squash the impulse of picking up a book that I know is only tenuously linked to this event but it's got that name on the cover it's got the banner and and it, it's really hard for me not to go whole hog into events that's why i turned away from blackest night because yeah the the main series is probably exceptional and i was looking at issue three today and it, it looks beautiful but it, it's like i said it's very difficult for me not to pick up all the crossovers so i don't bother and and i'm not going to but this was only three issues very self contained, three issue crossover. Let me see if you can guess what what books this appeared in. I'll give you the uh, creative team. It was scripted by Baton Lash, the the man responsible for Wolf and Bird, Counselors of the Macabre. Yep. Pencils by Tone Rodriguez. Inks by Chicago native Andrew Peapoy. Oh. Yep. Yes. Colors were done so by the comic uh, <laughs> <sweet yeah. today. laughs> <Bing. laughs> colors were done by Art Villanueva. letters were done by Karen Bates, and Bill Morrison edited it. Any clue? Well,
3: the most recent oh. thing that I remember Tony Rodriguez drawing was uh,
0: Mayhem. No. Mayhem? The name of this...
2: <laughs>
3: the,
0: the name of this three-issue crossover is called The Best Radioactive Man Event Ever.
3: Oh, uh, winner. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. Yes.
0: It, it's Bongo Comics, of course. It appeared in Simpsons Comics 155, Bart Simpson Comics, 48, and The Simpsons Super Spectacular, number nine. And the reason why I enjoyed this crossover so much was because, as I always say, self-deprecating humor is the funniest humor. So it's three issues, three interlocking covers, one long, large image. And what it is, it's a very satirical, very cynical look at mainstream superhero comic events. And the people that produce, purchase, and read them, which would be us. Us. Right. In uh, the typical Matt Groening way, it's like I said, the humor is very, very self-deprecating hes I mean, he produces comic books, so he, he's not removed from this kind of thing. I mean, it is a crossover, and he's poking fun at crossovers, too. So you got to take it a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But it starts off with Bart and Milhouse and Martin in the treehouse. And they're reading their favorite thing, Radioactive Man comics. It's a Radioactive Man crossover event. And it involves beings called Krullers, which are scrolls. Radioactive Man has he's green he has the dimpled chin and uh, he saves a woman who turns into a zombie and tries to bite him so it 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 has all the little potholes we've come to expect from our comic book events and basically the the three children realize that wow these events suck they're too convoluted. We can't keep track of it. We have to buy all these books. Bart at one point says, where do these Cruller dudes come from? I, I-, I thought their planet was ab- obliterated in last year's Carmageddon event. And Milhouse says, but didn't you read the last issue of, of uh, Lure Lass? which was hinted at in Captain Squid 147, which chronicled event from Bug Boy Annual Number 5, which began in uh, Radioactive Man 1075. And he goes through this whole long list of books that they should have read to understand this event. And the three kids are like, that is extremely stupid. Let's play video games. (laughs) Which leads into Krusty, who, as fate would have it, happened to win the rights to publish Radioactive Man in a poker game. And he's overjoyed at the prospect of owning a character that he can make money on. And all the members of his country club laugh at him because, in their words, kids don't want Radioactive Man. That character hasn't been viable for years. Nobody buys them. They want this new gritty stuff. And so Krusty brings in this team of, quote, experts to get Radioactive Man back on track and uh his specialists like they're throwing ideas around what can we do to get people interested in radioactive man again uh, they say well we can kill him off uh, they've done that <laughs> we can break his back and there's a, an illustration and it looks very much like sam keith's cover of bane breaking batman's back but in this case it's radioactive man it should you know we can have him quit being radioactive man and have somebody else take the role uh, that's been done too Wow, we can have him join a a team. Uh, No, that's been done too. So they're trying to find these ways to bring Radioactive Man back. We We can change his costume. We can change his identity. Everything we've experienced in comic books they're trying to do. And they come upon this bright idea, well, they think anyway, of how to get people interested in the book is to create this huge buzz and not tell anybody what they're going to do, specifically. So Krusty's... Making the rounds, pimping the book, telling people it's the best thing ever, and, and Bart and the kids get wind of it, and so they form, uh, they, they get a petition going, don't change radioactive man, blah, blah, blah. It, it's extremely interesting because we've experienced all this shit. There's a sequence with the comic book guy, and he's talking to his representative at uh, Zircon Distributors okay (laughs) and and the the distributors trying to get him to up his order on this revamped radioactive man the comic book guy of course has seen this many times before what do you consider me a a mendicant I, i have many of these and there's boxes and boxes of comic books in shadows final crux superior squad identity challenged crisis at war there's a lot of final crux boxes so he's got all this these molding books that he couldn't sell so basically a bunch of people beat down his door and they all want to plunk money down on this radioactive man comic so he ups his order to i think it's like two thousand percent no i want to increase my order by a thousand percent he's got all these people beating down his door and the solution to what they came up with to get this this revamping of the character is brilliant and really really sad at the same time. It's almost meta what they do, and I'm, I won't reveal it in case anybody wants to read this. But it it's cool. It and it's a slap in the face and a and a, and a laugh at the same time. Very cool. Why me? Why me? Just tell you. Yeah. They publish a comic book with nothing but panel borders and word balloons. <laughs> and and Krusty's like, you're not going to be happy. So write it yourself.
4: <laughs> and, 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 and,
0: and, and all the people awesome. are, all the people are infuriated that, that this comic book is nothing but blank pages. So Bart, at the end of the series, sends in his own take on Radioactive Man, and it's way better than any of their so-called experts can come up with. It's a really great story. And, you know, it features Krusty. How bad can it be? No, Bonzo does
5: good work, man. That's uh, what I was going to say. Do you... Vince, do you or do you, either of you guys, do you guys uh, read Bongo on the regular? Because I don't think I've ever read a Bongo comic, but I've
0: heard Oh, yeah. yeah.
5: They're good.
2: Yeah, yeah they're good. They're fun. I pick them up usually whenever I go to Borders. They're on the racks there, and so I'll pick up a Simpsons comic, and they're always always fun. And there's, surprisingly, uh, there's name creators in there every month. Right, right. Oh, yeah.
0: name, name creators. Have you ever bought one of these Treehouse of Horror issues?
2: Oh, they're awesome.
0: Eric Hil- Howell, Hillary, Hillary Barda. Berta, Hillary Barda's story in the for the Treehouse of Horror is one of the best mm-hmm. things I've ever seen that man do, and oh, that's awesome. that's saying a lot because Hillary's tight. Gene uh, Cohen did a work for them. Brian Posehn, Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, uh,
2: Gail Gelsmoth. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. excellent, excellent work.
5: Now Vince, is this a is this a s- crossover that just just is on the stands or or do you yeah. step it up somewhere? Okay, it's
0: it's about. Uh, Let's see, I will look in the, uh, 155 Simpsons comic, cause that's when it started. It was published, it doesn't say the exact month, but I think, uh, it's two months old. Okay. Cause one, no, 158 came out today. So it's three months old. So, it, but they're very much worth picking up.
5: Uh, Sounds very cool.
0: Yeah, wonderful stuff. And I I drive my kids nuts with Krusty. I I can make them shit their <laughs> pants. All I have to do is the Krusty voice. So
5: you're, oh, you, oh, you got to do it, You did that. Uh, ben Ten well, back,
0: Vince. I did, Yeah, Vinny's very happy. Yeah, I did the Krusty voice.
4: You did. You did. It was did. good.
0: So there we go. Bongo Comics. Invest in them because they're they're great stuff. And yes, I do buy them every month. The Futurama comic. Since the show isn't as visible as it used to be, what do they do? Um, like movies once every year or, yeah. or whatever? Yeah, something like that. They are not slacking on that book. It's it's every bit as good as the best episodes you've seen from that. So it's They're, like
4: the
5: Bongo equivalent of the Buffy season eight. Oh yeah, been alive in comic form.
0: That's right. Cool. That's a really good example. Every now and then, you know. Well, maybe
2: it. we can uh, uh, bring it back from the meta, and uh, and I can I can kill you with my tales of uh, of an event comic that I read that I really kind of liked.
0: Event, you say?
2: Mm-hmm. What event, would that be? Blackest Night Batman is really good. I'm enjoying the hell out of that book. Both issues have been really, really enjoyable. Believe it or not.
5: Yeah, it it's been pretty good. I agree. I I, I didn't have mm-hmm. any expectations of it going into that first issue yep. and the first one was good enough for me to buy the second one which was good enough for me to finish mm-hmm. the series out.
2: Yep, more the the continuing and and developing relationship with with Dick and Damien. and uh and you're going to get uh kind of the expanded Batverse as uh, as Tim comes back and uh yeah, good character moments. Um a great uh, Barbara Gordon Commissioner Gordon scene in this last one, and you've got Dead Man. It's good comics. I'm I'm enjoying it, and uh, so far the Blackest Night titles, I, I haven't been disappointed by really any of them. I, I've been I'm not I've reading been,
5: the other ones. I'm not reading Titans or Superman.
2: Titans is pretty supplemental. I'll say <laughs> it's not. It's like yeah, if you're a Titans fan go ahead and read it. Uh, the Superman was excellent. Mm-hmm. Just excellent. It's it is every bit as good as the Batman.
0: Prime killed enough titans in Infinite Crisis to <laughs> to populate <laughs> the whole Blackest yeah. Night storyline, didn't he?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, what? Has the second one come out yet, Jason? Of the the Superman? Black Night Titans? No, the Titans. Oh, I, I don't
5: know cuz I'm not no, I'm not reading that. The only I'm only reading Batman. It's the only um, Titans. or sorry. It's the only Blackest Night mini I'm yeah. reading.
2: Vince might appreciate this. And the Titans, the kind of the um, the centerpiece characters are uh, Hawk and Dove.
5: Oh,
0: very cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, is
0: Kestrel probably. in it? Oh, huh. you got to have Kestrel, the bad dude. Remember when Liefeld drew the uh, Hawk and Dove? It
3: wasn't just Liefeld.
2: Well, who else? Yeah, was yeah. I don't. I don't think so.
0: It,
3: it looked good because Carl Kessel was inking him.
0: Carl Kestrel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. How's that? That's long, there you go. Stroll. Nice.
2: Oh. But no, I'm, I'm I'm digging I'm digging the Blackest Night stuff. It's been fun. I'm ready for it to get to. Uh, I think it's it's firmly in the uh, the second act of this series. You know, the three act play. I think it's in the second act of the of the third act, I guess so to speak. And I'm kind of I'm kind of ready for them to uh, to get to the real nitty gritty of it, which I probably won't be until the end of the year. Wait, it's going to go into next year, isn't it?
0: Probably. Yeah. probably. I am yeah.
2: more than ready for Tony Moore's arc
5: to start on the Punisher.
0: Oh boy.
3: He's uh according to Twitter, he's he's having uh he is working on it. He was, well, there was I can't a page that to... was kicking his butt. <laughs> because uh, it's a
5: very enjoyable book and obviously we always praise Tony Uh-oh. for his art skills, so I can't <laughs> wait for him to do what he did to Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider when he took over.
2: Who's uh who's drawing Punisher right now?
5: Tang Huat. Huat. Who I believe Tang was the man who yeah. preceded Tony on Ghost Rider as well, yes?
3: Yes, yeah, sort of, because, uh, I think Roland Boshi came back for maybe an issue or two, or at least some, uh, before Tony's last three issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was, uh, Boshi definitely came back, if not for a full issue, then, then, then for, uh, he worked on one storyline in an issue, and, uh, and Watt worked on the other, but, uh, Okay, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I really, really like, and I, I, I don't know if I'm in a minority. I don't, uh, I don't know too many people that are talking about Punisher. I know there sure as hell weren't a lot of people talking about Ghost Rider, but I don't know how many people are familiar with, uh, with Hawat's work to begin with. What?
4: What? And
5: every time I, every time I see his name, I just think of the whole uh, David Chappelle skit from when he was, you know. What? Okay.
3: You no, Okay. I, I'm a fan of his art. Well, that's cool.
5: Are you a fan of the story? Are you a fan of the arc so far?
3: Um, Actually, I just... What the hell do I have next to me? I haven't... um, Oh, there they go. I think the latest one... With all the Avengers in front of Punisher, that issue is the next one. Number eight is the next one that I'll be reading.
5: Okay. Well, then you can answer or you can react to the question I have for you because I think it was in seven. GW Bridge is in this arc. Yes, he was in seven. Nice.
3: Yeah, he's he's back. He's He's in it. Well, at
5: least... Yeah. Someone named GW Bridge is in it. Yeah, that's who why i like
3: G.W. G.W. Yeah,
5: that, Because that, last that, time I checked, GW Bridge was a hulking black, black man with white hair. Yeah. Chas- and,
0: chasing after cable.
5: Exactly. <laughs> yep. and, and in Frank. this book, he has become somehow or another an obese, out of shape, middle aged white dude. So I almost yeah, hell hell
3: and like and like West Indian or something. Yeah. He's uh Maybe he's got the Vidalago he's
5: he's uh, he got, but, uh he's got it's like baby he has a baby
3: and all of a sudden he's uh he, he's the one who uh he let himself he's out fell, of shape. Yeah. yeah really he didn't want to join up with hammer and he was happy to leave shield and and yeah. he's been living his life with his wife and baby and uh I don't know if I'm I don't know if I mentioned it on an episode of Marvel Noise, but I really don't know if, if uh if that's the artist's fault or if that is the, the colorist, but it, it also really didn't look like the the GW. I mean, even going back to the um
5: Exactly. It it the, it the, made, war the coloring in the the skin tone. You could say maybe it was the colorist misunderstanding, but the guy's drawn to look like an old out of shape Dude. you know instead of now granted the first when i think of gw bridge i think of the the rob liefeld version in which he was you know, iron, armor armor clad and drawn to look to be about seven feet tall so i realized badass. but uh, i've enjoyed vince you know talk about a, a book that i think you'd get a kick out of when you were speaking so lovingly on on fred van lente's really excellent use of the of the marvel b-list villains in modok mm-hmm. uh Remender's having a field day with that. In this, he, he makes use of a ton
3: of, of villains. See C- a D-list.
5: Yeah, that we haven't seen since, let's just say, a certain bar.
3: Since, since Justice was served. Oh, cool. Yeah.
5: I've been really enjoying the story. It's it's pretty cool to see those characters because I don't know why that sticks in my mind, but I, I vividly remember that that, uh, that Scourge shenanigans. And that was a lot of fun seeing them mow down at the time all those those villains that were uh, rarely, if ever, seen. And so they, they're back front and center thanks to uh, some hood machinations, and they're going after Frank and uh, Frank, as he always seems to do proves himself to be quite the competent <laughs> soldier so.
3: how you uh how you feeling about uh microchip two well yeah, actually yeah, no yeah. that's not wait, that, wait. that's not no this what, what's the kid's name henry what's what's yeah what's he's I, I, well, I've, all question. of a sudden like he turned into like some little not not holier than Dow but I mean before yeah you kind of I was, I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't know, I'd be a little hesitant, I'd be kinda of scared to be working with the Punisher, but then, he starts getting in his face with this, like, straight edge shit, and I'm like, whoa, what?
5: Yeah, it's funny because um, I, I heard Remender interviewed about that. Maybe it was a talk split episode with the iFanboy guys. I don't actually remember. I think it was. But recently I, I listened to an interview with Remender talking about that very issue because I don't know if Remender has been in the past or is straight edge, but he he clearly has an affinity he said for
2: that. He, he said he grew up that way.
5: Okay, yeah, because he talks in the book about how he as a writer is not a fan of – just turning characters in a book into something simply because it's something you believe in, you know, so and he's been getting a lot of questions like, are you making this dude straight edge just because you are or were and he claims that there's a real good reason for him straight edge and there's a real good reason for his tonal change and that we'll find that out uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, I can only guess that, I I don't know about you and this uh, this is not a spoiler because it has not been revealed or hinted at, but I have to guess he's either Frank's illegitimate son or Microchip, the original son. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think?
3: I think maybe we. I don't. We. I remember what happened to Microchip's son.
5: Oh, well, I don't see. I don't remember that Microchip had a son.
3: Yeah, homeboy kind of tried to go up against the kingpin. Oh, he did. Yeah, sat on him. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't make it that well. <laughs> I don't even remember um, that. It was within the first, because it's in the first essential. It was it was it
2: was in a crossover. You must read Amazing Spider-Man number one fifty nine, <laughs> where I it's slightly the- referenced that in a Marvel team up, where the thing was in Fantastic Four. No, okay. was, I, was being all, I was being all bongo on your ass. Was, That's right,
0: and you were doing a great job of it too. It's
3: it's in the first it's in the first essential volume. It happened within the first year of the Punisher ongoing by Mike Barron. It was after Eric. It was after Klaus. Jansen left the book. I think Petaccioli might have even drawn the issue. Oh boy, we'll see,
5: we'll see. But he well, was in so a few issues. Do you, do you agree with me though that there's more to this guy? Like there's some relationship there somehow. Don't you think?
3: No, there. I there is there. I feel that there is. Before I thought they might have been kindred spirits. Just uh, is just listen, this is who I am, and I want these guy. I want to take these guys down, and you're the Punisher, so we can work together. But. You know, there, there's been that change recently, and I don't know if it was because of the hacker being hacked, and and maybe that is what did it, or something happened when Frank was out on a mission and tweaked this kid a little bit. It's it's been a fantastic read. I mean, just so much has gone on in the 8 issues and pretty much two storylines, two arcs so far. And we're setting up to this rest in pieces thing, whatever the hell this is going to become. And which I'm going to wait and see how it plays out. I'm going to keep reading it. I'm not I'm not going to jump to conclusions based on teaser art and and things like that or or try to guess where this story ends with with you mean the with Frankenstein Franken- looking looks Yeah. It?
5: Yeah, I wouldn't read. I mean I don't think that's I'm, I'm predicting that I mean that I'm with you. I don't I think they're gonna turn Frank into
3: a, a death. Could lock be worse. They could turn him black, but they they
0: just nutshot.
3: I'm 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 enjoying the book. I'm, I'm, you know, when this arc is done we'll have to I, I was well I'll get into that in a second. It's kinda I, I can't imagine how this is going to wrap up based on the Hood's deal with these resurrected bad guys. Anybody who's left over that, that Frank doesn't take care of. It's, it's, uh, seriously, it, this is not a story that I can, I can guess to try to figure out where it's going. remender has got me by the short hairs with this one. I'm, I'm looking for the ride. I'm digging it. And, uh, aside from the villains who'd also brought someone else back and, and they've already had a meeting. Frank and this person has already spoken to each other and uh, th- something's got to come of that as well. True. Mm. So it's it's been interesting.
5: It's been a lot of fun. I think he's doing a great job with that book.
3: And I am so bummed because I don't know if it was always the plan or if things are just delayed, but you look on the preview pages for the uh, Vengeance of the Moon Knight series that started today. And and no. who's the freaking artist on that?
0: Not Sinkevich, unfortunately. No.
3: No, I don't well it depends. Uh, what Chris is not going to say unfortunately. you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. What the fuck's going to put know. him on a Moon Knight book? I thought people wanted to see his art. I know.
10: Hey, 11 o'clockers. This is uh, Justin Hall here from the boards. Uh, just got done le- listening to the most recent episode, so I thought I'd call in and give my two cents on some of the great uh, cartoonists. Uh, if I had to pick an old-school artist, uh, I would probably have to go with John Buscema, uh, simply for how dynamic his art is. Uh, when I think cartoonists, I don't think like Vince and think about the economy of the line, but I think how dynamic and how fluid the art is. Uh, for that same token, that's probably also the same reason I would probably categorize Jim Lee as my favorite modern artist, or one of them. I know a lot of people knock him sometimes, you know, like Liefeld, about his art kind of being you know, too overdone. Um, in my opinion, though, Jim Lee is probably the most Uh, Dynamic artist currently doing comics right now. Um, You know, disagree if you want. You know, I'm entitled to my opinion. That's just kind of how I feel. Uh, um, Also, but if you if you want a very good dynamic artist, but has that good economy of the line that uh, Vince likes, uh, without a doubt, you have to go with Mike Norton. Uh, Mike Norton, in my opinion, is probably on his way. Going up there, being in the Kirby Leagues, uh, that guy is freaking awesome. He is, like, the master, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I've seen Mike's work grow over the years, uh, and he just keeps getting better and better. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, see you guys on the board.
2: Well, it's, uh, well, the thing at uh, we want to see it, I don't know how big of a name Jerome Opeña is. Yet, yet and it—he right. it, it, will be, should be. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite artists in all of comics. But yeah, I don't think that his is a name that's going to move comics right now. And Moon Knight, what has a more mishandled <laughs> relaunch of of one of the most
1: uh, cult, much I, not,
2: not much more a cult favorite. I mean, you just heard for years and years and years. Every creator went to Marvel. With a Moon Knight pitch, it was the most pitched character at Marvel, and it's okay. This is what we got. Oh, I, man. I, mm-hmm. it, it, until I use you know, I guess that's what podcasts are for, and and that kind of stuff. But until I hear someone say that it's worth a shit, I don't give a shit.
0: I took a George. look at it today. It really doesn't look like any Opena we've seen today.
2: Okay. It's not a hard character. It's, he is inherently cool. Don't make it complicated. It's an ultimate kiss character. Keep it simple, stupid. He's built in cool. Just have fun with him. I don't understand why they haven't been able to make that character work for the last four years it's i I,
0: give it to paul jenkins we'll Uh, make him work paul cornell yeah
2: cornell would do a cool and i don't want to talk bad about charlie houston or whatnot i think it was maybe in retrospect maybe not a, a great idea to after how you know and i you know, once again, don't know any of the, any inner workings of anything, but, you know, they, they had, you know, Marvel had talked about how that was the most pitched character that True. they had, and we're waiting for THE pitch, THE mm-hmm. creative idea. We're not gonna do it until we get THE idea, and it comes out, and it's like, okay, that's a fucking smoking turd. And wow. it's like, th- this is what you're waiting <laughs> for? Well, sure sorry, no, have. it was. Oh, come on, no, come on. Everybody, everybody I know of that was reading that book is like, "Wow, that's just not good." And I mean, we can we can gussy things up and talk about good things, but for that to be the the you know what well, that was the bet. That's what you were waiting for. I don't know. That,
0: Who's writing the new one?
2: I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't care until someone tells you know, me that they're getting or, it right. That character that's is radioactive
3: saga thing. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah because I, mean, I, I I would also like to you know Charlie Houston. Good writer, yeah, his was. Joe Pitt books, very entertaining. So it's not that he's not a bad writer, but I, kind of the point I was going to is maybe you should throw someone who's a little bit more of a seasoned comic book writer in on something like that instead of one of these crossover novelists. And I, I it that series got better after about what the after the second arc, so about twelve, thirteen issues in, it seemed to start getting
5: yeah, better. You just made me think of something. I was really surprised in listening to your guys' uh, interview with, with Rucka last week. Great job, by the way. It was yeah. always good to hear you talk to Rucka. But I was fascinated to hear two things from him. One, that he had no, absolutely no interaction or relationship with James Robinson before this book, that before World of yep. New Krypton. He didn't even know him, never met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, that they were put together to do the book because Andrew Kreisberg was going to write it, and for some reason that fell apart. So uh, was...
2: because, because Kreisberg got added to the writing room for French.
5: Right, right, right. Was... That's yeah. it. But, yeah. but I was shocked because of thinking, man, I i mean, as a comic fan, and I don't, again, I don't want to sell Andrew Kreisberg short because I, I can't say that I, I mean, he hasn't done that much comic work yet, so I don't know that he's mm-hmm. made his mark one way or the other. I'm not saying he's, he's a bad writer by any stretch, but to hear Rucka say that, I'm thinking, let's see, would I rather buy a 12 issue Superman arc that by features Greg, 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 hey, Greg, Greg James, James Robinson, Robinson. <laughs> 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 or a <top> self <laughs> issue that relaunches it with, by Andrew Kreisberg. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. So it's shocking yeah. to me that they had this, DC scrambled to get those two guys to, to jump on board is, because yeah. Kreisberg could not. I mean, talk about fortuitous turns of, of, of
2: fate. I, I, uh, I think the, um, you know, we'll call spade a spade. I think the star-fucking at, at Marvel and DC was getting a little out of hand with the, uh, you know, get this guy from this TV writer. Room, get this guy from you know that you know, the the, the crossover of the novel and and T V and movie writers. I think that they started in my the way I look at it, I think they started underselling some of the really good comic book writers that were already in the stables. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like well, if you had the opportunity To have Greg Rucka and James Robinson writing that book, yeah, that should have been your first option, not your second option. (laughs) Right, exactly my point. You know, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know. I think we're seeing, are we seeing less of that? You know, it's and so you know, and don't get me, you know, wrong. Sometimes it works. You look at at Gerard Way with Umbrella Academy, probably one (laughs) of the best books in the last decade, easily one of my favorite books sure. since I, but that's since a little different
5: because mm-hmm. way that's his own baby right that's i mean that could have very easily yeah. been just a vanity project but but sure. unlike many vanity projects like mayhem for example he, this was a well-written <laughs> one where he's clearly a comic geek before he was a yeah. comic geek long before he was a world renowned yeah. pop but, star, he, you know? but
2: but but you know you take my chemical romance out of the equation that he never gets to write that book uh no way well, no way yeah, no probably no for, way. Yeah. no way mm-hmm. never never gets to touch that you know some of the other crossover uh, obviously Straczynski, and you know some people love him some people hate him i think he's a pretty damn good writer you know it, so it's it's worked for some of these folks but i think you you just hit the nail on the head with uh, with gerard way it's these guys that are you know hardcore comic book fans that just happen to work in some other in some other mediums uh, or media.
0: I'll agree with you. I think mm-hmm. Straczynski's Thor is probably the best run on the title next to Since Simonson. Simonson, yeah. yeah. And while we're on the subject of the mythology, let's pick up the Fred Van Lente month theme from that's been uh, going, going through
5: FVL month.
0: I read before a.
5: Before you jump in, before you jump in, I want to I want to want to credit you for Fred Van Lente month because your adoration of him over the last few weeks has led me to order, receive, and uh, and ready myself to read both Modox Eleven and Wolverine First Class, which I have stacked away in my carry on luggage to read uh, on the flight to Chicago tomorrow morning.
0: Nice. Now he only wrote two of those stories in the Wolverine First Class. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, and they're
2: good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I read a boatload of Hercules over the weekend. Nice. Without a doubt, of all the Marvel comics I'm currently reading, Hercules is by far the most consistent in terms of craft and impact. It is always really? good.
5: Every issue.
0: Every issue is top-notch. And and you I think believe. on paper, let's do a story about Hercules and we'll put him in the Incredible Hulk's magazine. And while we're at it, we'll give him a kid sidekick, throw some wood esque boardroom antics in there, <laughs> and we'll 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 overload it with mythology. On paper it should not work. It should be as dry as sand, but it's not. I love you guys, it. Yeah. yeah, you feel the same way?
5: Oh, it's amazing. I, I, I adore that book to no end. Yep, fun, I, fun, I fun. read
0: the God Squad arc, the Amazon arc, and I'm now into the Dark Rain part, mm-hmm. which not knowing a hell of a lot about Dark Rain, I didn't really have to. It, it makes sense. It's like a buddy movie with mythology. Oh yeah,
5: totally. Totally. And, and, and I think these guys deserve a lot of credit, right? And it's Greg Pock and Fred Van Lenthe writing it. Right. right. What, I think there's two things about this book that stand out and to me should make it Struggle, and yet they've been able to make it consistently good. And and the first one is the the art. I've generally liked the art, but as many people point out, it has not had a consistent art team. They keep evolving nope. artists, which and again, some of the artists are friends of ours, uh, of ours, Ryan Stegman, Stegman. Stegman.
4: hmm
5: Yep. But th- but there is no consistent artist, at least for the most part, and that usually is not a good thing for a book. But but they've oh, have power let, through that. But the other. Let thing-
0: me interrupt you for one thing: the people that they do get for the book. Are really good.
5: Absolutely right, and and yeah. and consistent enough in style that there's not that glaring. Whoa, this is not the art I saw. Right, I, I mean, right. Um, but the other thing, and the thing where I really think goes to the writers and why they deserve all the credit in the world is this book has been front and center in all of the Marvel events. Oh yeah. It started during World War Hulk as an after, th- you know, as an offshoot of that. It was the God Squad arc was tied right into it was Sacred Invasion, right? Secret Invasion, Sacred Invasion, right. and then it it's been. Front and center in Dark Reign, and yet that should, that should be the kind of thing that makes a writer go nuts because he's got to just continue to write these arcs to fit this moderately selling book into the bigger events. And yet they've done it, and it's still been a very good book with a consistent underlying story arc, and that's damn hard to do. At mm-hmm. least I – not that I'm a comic book writer, but it strikes me as something that would be <laughs> very hard to do. You know, I, I don't want to speak with authority right. here like I know for sure, but it would strike me as something not all that easy to do, and they're pulling it off.
0: And not only are they including the requisite bits from these various Marvel events, you are getting a rich history of Hercules a- as pertaining to Greek uh, mythology. So, not knowing much about the character, all I knew before this about Hercules was the Epting run on Avengers, in which oh, wow. Hercules was a member, and the uh, original the original two miniseries.
3: Bob Layton, Prince of Power?
0: Yeah, the Bob Layton stuff. So, I mean, Hercules was always like, oh, okay, it's Hercules, it's Thor Light. But no, no, they've created a character that, in every respect, is as real, to me anyway, as Thor.
5: And the dude gets trim.
0: Oh, Jesus, he's hitting the uh, I- Nemora in the water. And the, that's another thing, the the humor, that just these little offhand remarks like, Hercules talking to Nemora and their wrestling is like, is this what the kids are calling it these days, you know? And he hits it, boom. And did you notice, speaking of hitting it, they go out of their way to call Athena the virgin. Every time she's mentioned in a conversation or someone addresses her, they'll mention virgin, and they, they make a point of her lecturing to Amadeus about how Eros is not the way to go, the, 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 the flesh is, is wrong, going in an opposite direction. And they, they also slam home the fact that our boy Amadeus is a virgin too. Yep. Who, who is not <laughs> betting that Athena gives it up to Amadeus? <laughs> That'd be That'd be cool. Nah,
2: it's too convenient. It'll never happen.
0: He's getting slapped dast- I mean,
2: so close to getting laid too. So close.
0: I know the Gorgon didn't work out, and you got a chick with snakes that for sucked. hair. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a fun time. But right up your you're not kidding, and she with the little schoolgirl outfit. Oh, I know. Yeah, a little oh, little, little tart. Tar- he, tar-
3: he does shirt. seem, unless I'm, I'm misreading in between the lines. He does seem to have a. I mean, not in this but in uh, Mighty Avengers I think he's got a crush on Cassie on on stature.
0: And who really? Yeah. <laughs> See that's interesting. And and I didn't well I knew from reading Hercules getting caught up that He's a member of uh, Mighty Avengers, but that to me is is makes me interested in the book. Only for Hercules and Amadeus, I, I have. They are good not, in it
3: too. They're they not. Really they're not pushed in the background. You know, it's still Hercules. Slott's got a good has got a good handle for a lot of characters. I think he, oh, does, he does a does. real good job with Hercules and
0: Amadeus.
5: Amadeus and Spidey have good interaction.
0: And the very surprising thing, like you said, how they tied in Hercules so tightly with Secret Invasion having them on a mission to take out the two Skrull gods, which, once they did, that kind of demoralized the Skrulls, making it easier for them to be kicked in the pants. So it, it was pretty crucial to the story. And they didn't they throw in a little bit of Illuminati in there, too, with Reed being uh, a prisoner? Okay. Yeah, I think that
3: yeah, that ties back to uh, one of the issues where it's basically Reed's fault that they got infiltrated.
0: Great stuff. Not being all that big on the mythology, I appreciate the fact that they're they're not preachy mm-hmm. and, and, and they don't over detail it. They just say, you know, that reminds me of an event back during my tw- my trials. And the event that they describe ties into the current storyline too it's very crucial that you know this so and then they do it in a way where it's it's almost like infotainment as chris likes to say just <laughs> yeah. happy knowledge we like but the I, infotainment. i do i do have to say while i'm caressing mr van lenty with one hand I'm gonna have to pinch him a little bit for his involvement in Amazing Spider-Man 605. Oh,
3: I can't wait to read it now. Uh,
0: it, it just in, in in one sentence, it gets the better luck next time award. Mm. Yeah, kind of
5: one shot or is it sort of an arc? No,
0: it's a focus on the separation between Peter and Mary Jane and what happened while a little bit while she was gone and, and her relationships. And White Rabbit is a villain in it. This is he he uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it it was well written and and it looks pretty but it, really much ado about nothing. Okay. Uh, Peter's problems with the ladies and how he's trying to find a girlfriend and Peter's problems with Michelle. It's I don't want to say throwaway issue, but in the grand scheme of things, if you skipped it, it wouldn't really matter all that
3: much. It could have been a Spider-Man extra.
0: Yeah, it could have been an annual or an extra. You're right. And what also could have been done, these little character bits, which are very important because if you don't care about the characters, you won't care about the story. They're important, but I don't think... It should have been all in one issue. They could have done these in little snippets mm-hmm. interspersed with other storylines. So, yeah, I care about Mary Jane and what happens to her, but I don't want to read a whole issue with Mary Jane. Uh, the cover's real nice. Uh, I don't know. It, it was just a little bit of a letdown after that great Chameleon story we just got. Mm. It's all right.
5: F- Fel can't thousand, right? He's got a-
0: no. It was well written and it was funny and. Appropriately uh, pushed Mary Jane to the forefront, which I think was the goal all along, but wasn't. I'm not really. a Mary Jane guy. No, I'm a Felicia guy. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, a, uh, yeah.
2: I'm a Gwen Stacy guy.
0: Well, if we're talking original, yeah, I'm a Gwen Stacy dude too. But of course, I, I we're think talking original. The best, the best woman for Peter is uh, Felicia right now. Since Gwen is dead, and it'd be really icky to get on <laughs> yeah. with a corpse. Well, no, she's not dead, is she? That sin's past thing, right? No, she's dead. She's dead. It. And Felicia
2: is never the right girl for Peter. Felicia's always, always, always the wrong girl for Peter. That's why she's awesome.
5: Too much woman. Yeah,
2: yeah. Always <laughs> the wrong girl.
8: Hey, double winners. I say double winners because I don't want to pay the royalties for calling you guys eleven o'clockers. It's Logan from Regina. Just uh, picked up my books for the week and uh, wanted to give you guys a phone call. Uh, can't wait to dive into uh, Sweet Tooth. Number one, um, I wasn't even going to give this a shot, but you know what? When they're going to offer it for a buck, absolutely. I'm going to try it and uh, I can't wait to, to get into it. Hopefully, I'll like it um, and it'll be like everything else and kind of sucks me in. Uh, picked up Barack the Barbarian number two. Kind of disappointed that uh my uh, local shop didn't have a Sarah Palin cover. I uh, don't know if they made one, because that's what sold me on the first one. Sarah Palin looking all sultry over there. Ugh, gives me this shivers just thinking about it. But thinking of Barack the Barbarian, you know, I can't wait for... Th- A new pitch. I think we ought to do this one. Maybe we could have, like, Octomom versus Kate. Uh, To me, that's just a a battle waiting to happen. Hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, Good luck, everybody, that is associated with the Windy City Con. Wish I was going to be there for you. Congratulations to everybody over at uh, Around Comics for number 250, and uh, also congratulations to the guys over at iFanboy for uh, big number 200. Um, guys are doing great. And uh, I love you all. Really, I do. Truly. With all my heart. Hey, Double Oneers. Logan from Regina calling back. Hey, I screwed up. I called you guys 11 o'clockers. Damn it, I did it again. I need to know where I have to send my royalty money to, you know, for the guy that copyrighted it. I mean, you know, if he's going to get, what, a nickel anytime somebody says 11 o'clockers, damn it, 15 cents. Ugh. Anyways, let me know where I'm supposed to send that money because, you know, the guy's worth something, you know. And you know what, if I listen to it on the podcast a couple times, do I have to pay him residuals? Oh, gosh, I hope nobody repeats this. It's going to cost me more money. Oh, damn it. What was I thinking? Oh, that $0.15 cents is going to go. If I keep saying 11 o'clock, oh, damn it, said it again. Uh, if I keep saying it enough times, maybe one day I'll, you know, be able to save up that money or, or you know, I could have bought a Marvel book with it. Well, no, I'd have to say 11 o'clockers. Oh, darn. know, you know, another 20 times to pay for one of those. Oh, well. Let me know where to send the money to.
0: I have an idea for October. Because it's the month of All Hallows' Eve, I don't know about you dudes, but I'm going to do another theme next month where I will take a horror comic each week for the month of October.
2: Wait, a comic comic about horrors?
0: No, a horror comic. Spooky, icky, creepy horror comics. You know, not a big overview of any kind of uh, imprint or just single issues or miniseries or something, just focusing on horror for October. I think it's appropriate. Come on. What do you think? Why not. I'm not sure. You guys don't have no, to do it. We could it stop you. Um, <laughs> the, the, no, I think true. it's a
3: great idea. I, I meant to ask before. You said you flipped through the, the first issue of the New Moon Knight book and, and it, that it didn't yeah. look like really any Did opinion it, you've seen before. No. Do you think, and this is just pure speculation on my part, like most of the show, do you think he's Maybe changing things up so that he can stay on the book for more than four, five, six issues before needing to, uh, to take, take a, a break moment. or to have a fill-in before he comes back. Or I don't uh, know. This I'm-
0: is much more detailed than. Oh, okay. Than um, Fear Agent, way okay. more detailed. Yeah, they're, they're, and it's very. Breaker? i, I tell you the truth, an I don't think it was inked. Mm. But again, I didn't really spend all that much time with it. One, because it's Moon Knight. Sorry, I'm not a big mm. fan of the mm. character. <laughs> no, but I just wanted to see what was going on. I have. We have yeah. to be up on these things. Obviously, it was very dark. I, I didn't buy it, put it that way. I, did, I didn't leave the store with it, mm-hmm. which That's doesn't amazing. mean it was bad. It just was not what I What's was looking for. wasn't
2: your about. thing. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I do love the Opeña.
0: Oh, the guy's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's, he awesome. Really is. he's awesome. He's awesome. We've another minute or two, Vince. Got lots of minutes.
2: I
5: would love to talk about my ongoing obsession with anthologies.
4: Did so I read another Aww. one? And
5: it was great. I think I alluded to it a week or two ago, but I had the chance to finally sit down and read "Awesome Two, Awesomer, the Awesome oh. Anthology. Oh,
3: good. it's in my box. I haven't started it yet.
5: Cool. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's um. For those that don't know, uh, this is the second anthology put out by uh, the Indie Spinarak guys, which is a great podcast. Mm-hmm. doesn't come out that long. Charlito, awesome, Charlito and yet. Mr. Phil. Exactly. Charlito and Mr. Phil do uh, a really great independent comics-focused podcast. And they uh, both went to the Cubert the School of Design. That's where they met. And they had an idea, I guess, about three years ago now, two or three years ago. Where they would – two things. They wanted to get a chance for some of the people in their community and, and some of the smaller press guys that like that were doing self-published stuff to <clears throat> put together an anthology and so they could showcase the work. But also they, they wanted to use the proceeds to create a scholarship for someone to go to the uh, – Center
2: of, Center of Cartoon Studies in Vermont.
5: Correct, sir. Thank you. Uh, kind of so it worked zero. out really. Yep, it worked out really well that first time, and a guy by the name of Chuck Forsman won the scholarship, um, and is now putting out his own self-published webcomic, um, I believe called Chuck McBuck. Uh, so they they went at it again this time, and and the first time I believe Ryan Dunlevy of uh, another little. Uh, fred van Lente connection there ryan helped them publish the first one through the uh the same self-publishing company that that ryan and fred used for the action philosophers and comic book comics evil, evil twin comics, comics. evil yeah. twin
2: thank you Chris
0: i'm I a well,
5: well
2: of fucking
5: knowledge this time and, and,
0: out
2: and uh, a potty mouth
5: <laughs>
0: seriously
5: this time out that it is published by top shelf uh, hey. And it's a, it's smaller than a comic book size. It's it's I'm guessing just looking at it here. It's about seven by nine, maybe.
0: Yeah, I like the new size. Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They have a, a beautiful Jeff Smith front cover, but I don't think we mentioned that it has a Roger Langridge back cover. Um, Ooh, which is beautiful as well. And it is just uh, I, there's something about anthologies that I, I wish I realized how much I enjoy anthologies years ago because it's a relatively new passion, but. A, a good anthology just absolutely tickles me in places that few comics can. Um, this is, I, I opened it up on the drive to New York last week, and by the time the uh, I was pulling up to get in my car for the drive home that night, I was finished it. Uh, it is 200 and, let's see, 205 pages. Uh, it's chock full of creators, some of which are friends of the show. Uh, Mr. Andy Jewett's got a story in there. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, awesome Andy
5: Charlie Legreca otherwise known as Charlito does a a story uh, two stories actually Alex Robinson's in there Fred Van Lanty and Ryan Dunleavy do a story uh, Rance Hosley, who put out mm-hmm. and won an Eisner, frankly, for the comic book tattoo comic anthology. Tattoo. He has a story. Uh, Jeff Lemire has a story <laughs> in there. Mm-hmm. But tons. There's, there's, I think forty, forty-five stories in there, and it's just a blast. Every, every, just like a good anthology should be. Every story is different. There's humor. There's noir. There's horror. It's just you don't literally with every page. You don't know what you're going to expect. And to me, that's what's just fantastic about it. I mean, it. And I would say. As I think back on it, almost every story uh, was enjoyable and and vastly different in its approach. There were very few, if any, clunkers, which I think sometimes you can have happen in a big anthology. You know, inevitably there's going to be some that you're just like, ah, okay. Oh, sure. There were there were very few in this, as I recall, that I, I didn't find something redeeming about, and it's just terrific. It's it's a blast. It's fourteen ninety five cover price. You can get an in stock trades for I think thirty seven percent off, but also. Uh, in the top shelf sale that Vince alluded to in the mm-hmm. beginning, if I'm not mistaken, they are selling this uh for nine ninety five at the top shelf sale right now, so plenty of ways to pick it up on the discount and it's well well worth it uh it's great, and even it's got a little mini comic in the back uh on top of all of the the anthology goodness so it's uh, i'm it's i'm good. sitting
2: I'm sitting next to a case of them oh are you yeah you're gonna carry them down my my stairs <laughs> nice friday this morning. Nice. <laughs> Oh, it's, it was is, uh is Vince. Oh, no, I think that was. So on on
3: his... I don't know. I might. I, know, I, know, I Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, crap. Yeah. You well, know
2: what? Fine. We we can we could probably talk through and he'll and we'll see if you want to see if he yeah. comes back.
4: No, keep going. Keep going.
2: Okay. Well, the, agreed, Jason. That it's it's an awesome awesome er anthology. Um, <laughs> what are what are some of your other favorite anthologies that? Um, and we'll keep it. Somewhat um, current stuff that's come out, we'll say, in the last well, – within the last 10 years. Yeah, and I'll throw out you – know, one of my favorites was the 24-7 that came out. The Ivan Brandon um, edited anthology is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. But what what about you guys? Some other favorite anthologies?
5: Well, certainly the Pop Guns, which I, I talked about like, probably about a year oh. ago
2: when I God, first God, they're the awesome.
5: And I loved Comic Book Tattoo. I mean, I think that is an absolute tour de force book. Uh, it's It's gorgeous – from start to finish and, and, and a big format it's just breathtaking.
2: Did you so, uh, Did you pick up the uh, this is a souvenir the the songs of uh, a and, and Shirley Lee that I have uh, the not image it up out? yet but
5: I I'm dying to in fact I, I may mm-hmm. hope hopefully pick that up this weekend when we are yeah. uh, out and about shopping.
2: If you like the comic book tattoo and if you especially if you like phonogram uh, mm-hmm. By Jamie McKelvey and Karen Gillan, you should pick up. Um, uh, this is a souvenir, and it'll probably right, right, yes. be at the uh, uh, the Challengers booth because mm-hmm. uh, I I got my copy at Challengers, so uh, I'm thinking that they'll that they'll have a copy of it. But uh, yeah, it's interesting that the music anthologies that have that have kind of been coming out, which is very very cool. Speaking
5: of anthologies, there's another one coming out in a few weeks, uh, Noir, aptly named. It's, a, it's an anthology of noir stories with a bunch of uh, very very well-known creators that are currently doing books. I know baker has got a story in there, and Azarello's got a couple stories in it. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I think it's it I think comes out in a few weeks. I, I know I pre-ordered it a month or two ago. So.
2: But. Oh, speaking of uh, Azarillo and being on the lookout... Um, David, what's, uh, what's one of your, uh, your favorite anthologies? Uh, that was a not so subtle tease, by the way. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, <laughs> not so subtle at
3: all. I don't know how many collections I do have. I, I don't have too many. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of, of, uh. Up from uh, like the ones in comics, like Spider Man Family or the Old World's Finest, that were a buck. Or Batman Family or Superman. Family, anything goes, David. <laughs> anything goes, definitely. Uh, but as far as like trades or collections, um, I have a couple of the uh, the the two 911 uh, volumes that that were published by that that were put together by a couple different publishers. I don't know. I I, I have um, the uh, which one is it? The the Weird Science. Archive. I uh, I love the format. I I'm a huge fan of anthologies. For, for me to sit down and then go, okay, well, which ones do I?
2: Did you um you get optic nerve when it comes out? I don't even know if they are coming out with it anymore. But I
3: was just no,
2: go optic nerve was was pretty cool.
5: Well, that yeah, was- I remember I talked about Adrian Tomine's Summer Blonde. Uh, yes, back mm-hmm. and uh, and that was I until I read that I didn't know that about optic nerve and then I read that and thought, oh wow, I want to go back and check out this optic nerve stuff. So
2: Oh yeah, I mean that that's that is a really cool um convention. Um um look for it in the Bargain Benz book. That's um Vince, you you read it, Optic Nerve when it comes out?
0: Yes indeedy. Am I still staticky? You sound nope. good. Okay. You sound okay. Good. I got but some <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, were dying. You, were, you were dying over there I while was you were out. In the penalty box. You're <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: As far as the the uh, anthology format goes, it does not get better than creepy and eerie. Oh yeah, because yeah. they were anthologies. Sure An- they were. Another high ranking anthology, Dark Horse presents.
3: That's the one I was waiting for. If
0: if I read a laundry list of all the creators that worked on that book over the years, it would read like a who's who of comics. Yep. Not not the least of which, Paul Pope, Eddie Campbell, just and and the the thing about dark horse presents was it wasn't just uh genre stuff there was brian talbot's story about the what was the tale of one bad rat uh so you you had your aliens your predator but you also had what we would classify as indie comics in dark horse presents there was a 2000 page anthology published in the year 2000, by a French publisher called, uh, and I'm going to butcher it, Association, I think they're called, 2,000 pages of completely wordless comics. It was a cross-cultural uh, anthology that would appeal to basically anyone that could view images. Mm-hmm. And I forget how many different comics creators were in it. I think uh, Mobius is in there. Just uh, an amazingly long list of comics creators, and it's a hardcover volume. It's very hard to find, and when you do find it, it's very expensive. But that—that's one of my favorite anthologies. Graphics, zero zero, amazing anthology. Uh, I could just keep going. Savage yeah, Tales. Yeah, Savage Tales. You if you want to get into the genre, sure, Savage Tales. Any of those Marvel uh, magazines, Monsters Unleashed, uh, Vampire Tales, Tales of the Zombie, which mixed pre-code isn't, horror books is, with, you know.
2: Isn't 2000 AD basically an anthology?
0: Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay, well, there, there you go. Yeah. I think yeah. the lesson here, folks, is that
5: anthologies rock the house.
0: They do.
2: it's a great way to to sample great um, great artists and 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 writers and and find some some really neat stuff hey, i have got a couple more
0: Kramer's oh. Urgot. don't forget Kramer's URGOT. yeah. yeah, Good God, yeah. Roll, no. out,
2: roll, roll out your roll out your checkbook I, I yeah. Uh, yeah what mom, I, I, I,
0: mom I, 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 from Graphics is another brilliant oh technology. yeah mom,
2: mom is mom for is for sure. notoriously amazing
0: hell yeah I can keep going but I won't <laughs>
8: Hey, 11 o'clockers. Steve Raker from the forums here. Just had to share a quick chuckle with you. I was reading today through uh, some of the Stan Soapbox collection from Stan Lee and Marvel and the Hero Initiative, which is a fun little tomb if you haven't picked it up. Uh, but in March 1978, Stan closes his uh, soapbox with one of his, uh, you know, until blah, 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 make mine Marvel. with uh, And now until J. Jonah Jameson elopes with Aunt May Gosh, he was close, wasn't he? Make mine Marvel. Later, gang.
2: We were talking Dark Horse Presents, which made me think of Matt Wagner. And I had a question for David.
10: The who Aryan
2: I'm. I, um, <laughs> I just picked up Batman Grendel, or Grendel mm-hmm. Batman, and I'm about 20 or so pages into it. Okay. Does it Is... get better? Is
3: is it is it Hunter Rose Uh, or Grendel Prime?
2: It's it's Hunter Rose. It's the it's the oh,
3: that's my favorite one.
0: Because you were right, Chris. There, when you said Batman Grendel or Grendel Batman, there was two books. Yeah. Oh, uh,
3: uh, okay. Let me. Yeah, see. The, the Hunter Rose one is kind of like a. Um...
2: Yeah, Bat- Batman Grendel. It's the it's the 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 Hunter
3: Rose. It's the and, one. Uh, co-published by Comico. No, he, it's um. Or is this a, this is a trade?
2: Yeah, it's a trade. It's so, a, yeah, so it's both issues yeah. in one. Yeah. Okay, All right, yeah, dark, dark Horse and DC. It's a thick trade. Al- almost. It's, um, it's incomprehensible. Older. Really. At the beginning, yeah, yeah, really hard to. Damn, I haven't
3: read it in years.
2: When did it originally
3: come out? Is this like twenty years old? Yeah, probably.
2: And, and I love me some Matt Wagner. Not like you, you sick bastard. Um, yeah, all right, uh. rock boy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just threw I just threw a stone in the glass house, yeah. didn't I?
3: Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard I, to find because it was it was still published when when Komiko was still around, but barely.
2: Ninety three, ninety 96, 2008. So this is a 2008 <laughs> reprint. So it looks like originally uh, 1993.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember too much about it. I remember it was beautifully drawn, but other than that, I can't tell you Yeah, what the story it was. was it about. was
3: mostly, yeah, I think it was most, uh, the way I remember it is a Batman book, Hunter Rose's there, Grendel's there, but it's not like, I don't think it was the Fight of the Century or what anybody was thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was more action in in the sequel. To that story
2: well it's a big old shotgun muscle-bound Gremdel in here
3: that's the prime so then you yeah. have both that's why that's why it's hot you oh, the it's first both
2: two, of them. Okay. And then the second two. Okay, yeah. It, you, it's
3: both of them. It's you both need them.
0: nothing else now.
3: Yeah, you there have you are. have the complete Batman Grendel by by Matt Wagner. Um, it, well, it definitely gets, I mean, some will say it'll get better when you get to the Prime stuff.
2: Yeah. Oh, art-wise, I love the uh, awesome. uh, um, the, the first one. Man, it is, it is so Frank Miller, Dark Knight um, Returns looking in this, just in some of the panel layouts. And, I mean, it's still Matt Wagner. But from a Batman standpoint, you can tell he was really pulling on the uh, the Frank Miller Batman in this. Mm. Y'all are going to call me crazy, aren't
0: you? No, I think I, what I have to say may tweak David a little bit, but I'm. it's not intended to do so. <laughs> I, the book was at its absolute best when Matt Wagner was not drawing it. I knew you were going to say that. I liked it more mm. when he... St-
3: when he just wrote when it. When he just
0: wrote it, yeah.
3: But yeah, you had you you got some great Tim Saylor in there. You had Snyder. You had... Uh, he, he, the Panda Brothers, he he worked with a lot yeah. of of great talent.
0: I think Snyder epitomizes the book for me. That, yeah. was, that was my favorite period of that book, yeah.
3: Are we out of
2: time?
0: Yeah, we've been out of time. We,
2: come, we came to an end. I had some catching up to do.
0: Yeah, you yeah, did. did. You're going to have a busy weekend. Uh, oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And next week, we, we'll probably be three. <laughs> I'm betting. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Matter of fact, Marta already said, you're not going to record next week, are you? It's like, we'll see. So, yeah, you guys may have to get a a more energetic fill in for me next week. We'll see, though.
0: So, as usual, this episode was sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. Do not pay retail for your books. Get them at significant discounts. Fire up your web browser, DCBService.com. You will be amazed at how cheaply you can get your favorite titles. So that's all uh, we have for this week. Uh, in your travels, you know what? Read X-Force because it's damn good. <sighs> Read it and love it. Relish in the in the carnage and the bloodshed. X-Force is good. Okay. Is good.
2: It is. You're right. You guys go. I'm looking.
5: Well, if you're not already, shame on you, but it's never too late to start. Please, some way, some somehow, either in the monthly or in trade, read scalped do yourself a favor
2: mm, read scalped duh. nice duh. yeah that's right up there with like breathe oxygen
5: yeah. you would think so but then I look at the monthly numbers and get it and think what otherwise. are they
3: mm-hmm. I don't understand we can only try to so <laughs> mm-hmm. we can only breathe. do so much Be the Uncanny X-Men First Class
2: oh nice yeah. The with the Uncanny X-Men First Class really yes.
3: yeah really is it a new yeah. one no. it's a new one oh it is yeah. Yeah, it's a new miniseries. Were they Oh, so with the with the uncanny with the first the second generation, oh, the second class X men.
5: The, guy the 5 it, are gone. The Post-Krakoa group.
2: Right. Mm, is it is,
5: Banshee,
0: Banshee, uh, is it a Jason uh, Post-Krakoa. Yeah, That's you beautiful. Like that? I like that you a like lot. That? Yeah, baby. Banshee, <laughs> it, Wolverine,
3: Nightcrawler, oh, <laughs> Storm, Colossus. Who? No like, Thunderbird. No Thunderbird. Yeah, no no reason to start the uh, all ages Comic on the downer. Um, <laughs> Phoenix. Phoenix has constantly has been on the first two covers, and in the first issue, she was on the phone with Scott because he was begging for her to come back, and she says, "No, I I grew up and I no you hang want up. part of the team. So yeah, <laughs> you hang up. Damn. So uh,
2: is, is, she just, is it Parker writing it?
3: No, Scott Gray is writing it. And it's it's still pretty funky. The first issue is pretty cool because it's all about Nightcrawler being um being an outcast. He saves two, two uh two little girls from a falling girder from a skyscraper and um and after he bamps them to safety, the crowd gathers around and starts um, getting ready to throw bottles and rocks at him because <sighs> oh it's a demon and blah 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 so the Inhumans come to uh, visit Xavier and Nightcrawler asks if he could go back with them to, uh, to Adolin and see what kind of world they have and, and Peter tags along with them and uh, and Nightcrawler's all happy Kurt's In an area where, in in an environment where no one gives him a second look, so he's blue and furry, no no, no one cares. It's, it's. He's not an outcast. He's not. But then, uh, then we find out how the Inhumans become Inhumans, and he signs to goes a little. Wow. Yeah. First issue's pretty cool.
0: Now, see Nightcrawler. There's an X Men I can get behind. Nightcrawler, a character with great, though, kind of misguided conviction. He he believes in something. (laughs) no and and he stand he stands up for it he he's behind his friends, and then you got storm
4: <laughs> all, right, all make, right
0: making the frickin wind blow woo all right, thank you, lady.
2: All of her emails voicemails to Vince Bond at yeah. I think they should bring the Mohawk back.
0: Do something
2: I got a chance to look at an awesome preview of a graphic novel coming out from Image Comics by one Marion Churchland. And the book is called Beast, and you should read it because wow. it was very good.
0: Is that on the Shadow line, or is that from Image no, proper? No,
2: it's 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 Image Image proper. Fans of Elephant Man? Who's she? Not? Just, she just did um, the the two the two issues, the last two issues. You know what I'm talking about? It's that really kind of pretty delicate, yes, just penciled, you know, very um, very subtle earth tone colored pencils that uh, um, for that story. I, I can't remember the story. My brain's a little fried right now. But that's Marion Churchland. And this is um, her debut graphic novel with Image. And it is a very cool story about a recently graduated sculptor who takes on a commission with um, otherworldly entanglements, we'll say. It's mm. very good.
0: I will keep an eye out for that.
2: You'll like it, Vince. I'm sure I a lot of symbolism. Heaps and heaps and tons of symbolism. Oh, I, don't go
0: for, I don't go for yep. that stuff.
2: Yeah, my ass. I don't. <laughs> X23,
0: I don't, baby. Uh-huh. That's what I am. Uh-huh. Like.
2: <laughs> snick, oh, snick. snick, snick,
5: baby. She's Symbolize a, that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I love her. All in comics. All right, boys. Well, Chris and I will be seeing your bust of asses after we uh, tear it up in mm-hmm. uh, Town for a
2: few days. Yep. Lucky man. It's going to be fun. I'm going
0: to miss
5: be... you
2: you two Ooh, other sure. jokers.
5: Give me some yeah. stuff.
0: We'll
2: be sure to call and, and berate you while we're there. Trump.
5: I would oh, love that.
0: Yeah. Call the hotline.
2: Yeah. We will. Oh. We will. Call, we will call you for um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner each day. Oh, Come and on.
5: speaking of that, Vince, you know we haven't asked in, in a while, and, and it's probably a time because it would be. It's always nice, and we appreciate it. Anyone feels like uh, taking a minute or two to um, throw us an iTunes review?
0: We haven't that, been pushing that. Always we, very,
5: very, very, uh, very much appreciated. And I was reading some the other day and uh and thought you know what
0: uh, can't hurt to
5: ask for i'm sure there's some new listeners since we last asked and uh, uh-huh. said if you got a minute or two uh, we'd appreciate it
0: yeah none of those good reviews are going to apply to the direct we poured out this <laughs> week but hey you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's cuz i came back right
0: that's <laughs> what it is <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I,
5: the, I think the gang back together we got we had a little fire tonight i liked it yes on you all down
0: yeah you yeah. cute though <laughs> So thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Say bye-bye, guys.
2: Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye, guys. send <laughs> 10 to It's
3: time to get to hear that.
4: Hey.
3: Okay. <laughs> Unless he calls the voicemail.
0: This episode, the soothing sounds of the humpback whale, was played
3: by the Dalai Lama. <laughs> nice.